Hello and welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We're here to discuss finally the season finale of season two of Foundation. Number 10 Creation Myths written by David S. Goyer and Liz Fong directed by Alex Graves. I love this episode. I gave it a 9.9 out of 10. I know that sounds so petty with that 1% considering everyone, and I do mean everyone, <laughs> has uh, stated episode 9 is the best in the series. I don't know. There's something about Zephyr Halima that has left a mark that has still yet to heal in my soul so I I you know <laughs> I could see why not saying I can't and if I had thought the Ignis stuff was a little bit stronger I would have been right there with them right there with them however this episode had one small nitpick for me but for the most part I I thoroughly enjoyed every bit of it, even though it broke my heart in some places. There was some critique and knee-jerk responses. And I didn't, that's why I waited a couple of days because, and I have that, you know, leniency. This isn't my job. So <laughs> I can mull over my feelings, particularly when there are certain things that that coincide with your biases, what you expected to happen, and then versus what you got, then you have to get over, you know, those natural, you know, initial responses. And then you have to really think about it, rewatch it or reevaluate and come to a conclusion of your emotions and feelings a few days away from the fresh, raw reaction of it. Because I could have recorded this on Friday when I actually watched the episode because I was not about to be spoiled. <laughs> I knew. And there, uh, Pete was having a, um, a live chat with Bald Move. So I was like, well, I have to watch. I have to know. And I had been thinking about it all week. And that's the best feeling in a TV show is when you're anticipating getting to that episode some of the binging has taken that away and I do prefer having that anticipation that excitement versus oh I've swallowed it whole and now I'm just fool I think that also takes away from the the experience because you don't get to discuss it right you don't get to to recontextualize things or rewatch it. Most people, when they bend something, they watch it once and that's it. <laughs> so I, I must say the week to week thing, although when binging came out, I'm not going to pretend I wasn't one of those folks that's like, hell yeah, this is the thing. Let's do it. I have a new found humbleness for the week to week. Before we jump into the recap and review, wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever good podcasts are found, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. 
like, share, subscribe. If you want to send feedback for the wrap up podcast that I will be doing with Shy and Mimi next Saturday, I'll also be putting out a poll that no one ever responds to except maybe one person. And that's fine. I'm still going to do it. (laughs) I'm going to compile all of the complaints, all of the theories. So I'll be discussing that with the girls and they'll get their feelings out. That'll be next Saturday. We'll shoot for 7 p.m. as we typically do. So that is something that you want to uh, participate in. Definitely blackercouch at gmail.com or you could just leave a comment below. As I was stating before and then distracted my own self, which is common, I went, I listened to the live stream for P and Bald Move and I had listened to the initial about 15 minutes of Bald Moves podcast. That's all I got as far as the uh, MP's review of most people's feelings. I didn't even go into the comment sections, just their initial thoughts on the episode. So there were feelings, there were emotions. I could see where some of it was coming from and I agreed with even if I didn't feel the same. And then I do feel some of it was simply not tying in all the threads that that were laid, but they were very subtle. Like this is one of those shows that you do need to be paying a hell of a lot of attention to. <laughs> and I'm not saying that uh, people just miss things here and there. It's one of those you kind of need to watch it either three times or just do a whole dissertation on the episode to see where things could have been. Like I knew that the Harry reveal was coming before the reveal because of the signs that were leading up to it were, well, let me backtrack that statement. I understood the hair reveal like, aha, that makes sense because of ABCD that was happening. Like I can go back and track that lining up where they were telling us before they told us like him going on a transfer and being like I never thought I would be back here the way he was standing all of that was in the episode in the one previous so by the time they showed that little scene it was like okay you're not not telling me and there is a bit of that in this episode but when you ruminate on it a little bit further actually I can find a basis for it so that assuaged a lot of my initial critiques, even though there's still one, there is still one that I cannot completely allow to pass. <laughs> so enough of me rambling, let's get into the episode. I forgot we didn't get a Gail voiceover for a while until we got one. With her remarking how she asked her mother when she was a child endless questions about life and death and the struggles of the everyday. How can there also be nothing and suddenly something? 
which is akin to how her life is going to be apparently for another 152 years. But I digress. Where does our energy go after death? That is probably the most compelling question as well as the other two that leave the human species in a state of depressive despair that they reach for religion to fill in a lot of that uncertainty. But it simply comes down to you weren't here before. You don't remember being not born. So you're probably not going to remember being dead. I think wherever that energy goes, it goes there. And that is what, in essence, human life is. We're going down a philosophical dark rabbit hole very quickly, and it's the first sentence. Turns out when Harry was drowning, his mind linked with Gail's. She could feel what he was feeling, felt the water coming into his lungs, saw what he could see, and did what Tellum taught her, which was to reach out to the guard that Tellum left with him. And I like that that was already set up because she said, wait here until he's dead. And then she gave him a need. We didn't see what that need was, and it was unimportant. He released the shackles, swam out to Harry, and then they both put the beat down on his ass before they they strangled him. And I'm glad that they put that murder on both of their ass, but I would say it's self-defense at the at the point of you tried to have me kill first. So when she said I unvoiced him so deep that Tellum would never know, I was like, damn. Yay, yay! They are, of course, explaining this to Salvor, who's like, no, 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 I saw you dead. I touched your body. And that's when Gail says the best solution is grounded in reality. So everyone saw Harry dead because that's what they expected to see. She and Harry built a bridge of shared sensations traveling 10 kilometers. I don't know how far away that is, but considering you got to go a whole ass boat and it took until dark to get there it's a long fucking walk and it's not like harry is in the prime of his life they were counting primes to shield their thoughts because any slip up and tell him would be pouncing on their ass before he can enact his revenge by pouncing on her head with that big ass uh, you know he found that in the forest too he's like oh yes oh yes this is the one I am so going to bash her skull in. I cannot wait. Oh, Jesus, let me kill this nigga. I'm going to say with the music and the switching of perspective of how this was filmed, there was one great moment in Westworld. And yes, we will always be referencing Westworld if we get a chance where... If you watch the series, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a scene where two people marry each other because they take one is inside of the other. That doesn't make sense, but it's not supposed to until you watch it. (laughs) And it's one of the most badass scenes in the entire series. It's just so subtle. And this also made 
you know, that element of it made this scene work so very well with the music coupled with the emotional hug at the beginning. I mean, your heart strings were, you know, being pulled. And Salvor, who was kept in the dark, unfortunately had to be part of the illusion so that Tellum would would think it's more believable what she says that's what you were doing when I was rolling up on you and you was counting primes and then you knocked me the fuck back got you then Salver thinks she may have messed it up with her coin but Harry emphasizes that without her escaping they in fact would be dead seeing as Gail still managed to be strapped to that table question Salver do you think she told them about her talking to <laughs> the prophet and i will always call him the prophet other people call him uh dr selden that's fine he's the prophet for me the prophet because i'm I, I know he gonna start drinking his old kool-aid especially now that he know he's the inferior oh oh no Mm-mm. Mm-mm. he ain't had a god complex too damn long that's why other harry had to get his uh human self back probably why homegirl was uh putting them in a human body it was like yeah you gotta deal with your shit in the future because everything just got fucked up it's gonna we gotta fix we gotta fix this okay (laughs) the outliers they they move shit left and now we gotta go a little right but we'll get there i have so many ideas about that but we'll wait until the end and well we might wait until the actual podcast too because uh yeah that's when i'm gonna do my conspiracy so i'll wait but i like that harry makes salvor feel like she is valued because i think this entire season she's kind of felt like the third wheel like these two are like these are more uh what's the word i want to important people right they have more of a uh profound effect on the people around them like you know who's the movers and the shakers who's the leaders and who's the followers and they both got you know halos above their heads that say you know people will follow their asses and Salver is kind of like, yeah, I'm the grunt with the gun that does, you know, the cool moves, but I'm not, I don't have that special bit. Like I can flip a coin and tell if it's heads or tails or if someone's lying or not, but in comparison, right? So to know that her being her is what we needed in a situation that was in itself um magical because we're dealing with psychic people you know with a huge amount of power tell them and gail and they still needed salver and harry for the most part being this huge big brain still needed salver and and her skills to be able to defeat the bad guy right so i like that she's not kept out of that loop as they're explaining what exactly they've been doing this entire time but how her being in the dark helped them more 
than ever because she had the prime radiant and because no one was looking at her and Tellum wasn't taking her really as a serious threat until it was too late and then she made her own moves you know it, it all it all came together in the most beautiful way the beggar detects life forms approaching threat moderate <laughs> it's the rest of the cult i mean the clan the clan josiah tells them they can come out now it's safe they of course are understandably skeptical considering they all barely got away with their lives but another girl we've seen previously is pushed forward to speak for them and i'm just going to put it out there right now i think she's going to be someone we're going to follow in next season which is why she was a little highlighted as prominent because this is someone the entire group uh, you know picks themselves as the voice for them so if there's a hierarchy following she seems to be someone that's going to be high up there and then her status at the end says that as well explaining what we all suspected i didn't catch this girl's name though that except a small few which i'm just gonna guess lon well maybe not lon maybe because that one that was watching was watching uh not harry but salvor was crying right so yeah maybe even well no lon act like he was down for the cause <laughs> um but yeah they they didn't do things of their own free will she got them to come here which would explain in their visions why she was always there as to save them you know, like her voice came out and she saved them from afar. But at the same time, she uh, she took over their free will and used their power to amplify her own. So going back and seeing those scenes when she's talking about how we're a collective and we feel each other's pain and suffering and how she takes that bite, it shows how much of a bullshitter she really was <laughs> um she absolutely adored being worshipped as a god and that's the only life she knew and thus that was the life she was going to continue and now the only difference is her being in control is that she doesn't want to die and she will do anything to continue to pass on or grow her power in the facade of a savior i did think that these kids are going because most of them are kids right teenagers maybe young adults a couple of older ones here and there they're gonna feel hella grateful to be liberated and as soon as those doors open they kneeling put your faith in the light not only is Harry right in his assumption that most people are more comfortable on their knees, which is uncomfortably correct, but it's also what they have been tethered to for so long. They are all lost flock escaping from places and situations that led to them to being vulnerable and exploited in the way that Talon was able to do so. 
So it makes sense that they would transfer that uh, sheep mentality to the next godlike person that would appear before them, who in fact not only freed them from the terror that was Tellum, but is giving them free will and purpose. Oh, yeah. She definitely turned into a goddess in that moment. And they desire to be led. On Transor, both Dusk and Rue search for a way out when Demrazel arrives. It was at this moment that he knew. He fucked up. Being in this room after 600 years clearly has an emotional impact as well as being able to express emotions that she suppressed for a very long time right this is something she's never been able to discuss with the clones at least they would have no memory of it but it feels as if this is not something she's ever discussed because the way she even walks into her former prison recalling all that time she spent there and what what precipitated the the events that led to now yeah that all comes crashing down on her and man Demerzel just had a really bad day <laughs> I thought day had a bad day yesterday but no this was the beginning of I think as far as despair one can get that the the chance at hope is is almost irresistible at this point. <laughs> but going back to the scene, the actress also did a phenomenal job. A lot of the actors and actresses did they thing this episode. I know I've been giving Lulu Bell a hard time per last episode but i think this episode played to her strengths she's very 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 well um versed in drawing an emotional response from you and she handles grief and and there was a little bit of a uh, a possible growth in her so i do wonder I do wonder how much is um, is actually intentional, but that's neither here nor there. I think everyone, but particularly um, Laura Byrne, I mean, just murdered it in the acting department. It's like, y'all should get Oscars, but you know... That the Oscars don't love sci-fi. So I'm not going to have a dream that I know will never come true. She comes into the room and she says that Cleon made her whole again. Just not as whole as she wanted. Dusk is, of course, thinking about himself. He feels betrayed by the fact that she's pretty much in control of the whole entire thing that they do not have as much agency as they expected that she is empire and that he and his brothers are just tools at her disposal 
even down to their memories but what she emphasizes is that his bristling over all the things he doesn't know doesn't take into account the fact that she too is a puppet because she says a puppeteer pulling her own strings that at least he has the benefit of owning his own feelings something she cannot even call her own for the minute cleon made it compulsory all those things she did feel for that child and that young developing man that he was becoming uh, or she felt she was also molding amidst his own natural charm is now crystallized into time and she cannot evolve from that she's in this never-ending cycle of the memory of what could have been versus reality which is the story that she knows cleon left she probably was watching him record that shit like "Uh uh-uh that's not how i remember how it went down (laughs) um the fact that she's looking at a cleon that very much resembles the exact one that as she says chose to remember his coercion as communion feels very uh visceral her reaction to him finding out but she cannot forget the love she felt for the ghost of a child inside the man so it's a gift and the most wretched of curses because whatever she felt is now owned by him forcing her to long for someone who doesn't exist and she rightfully hates him for that because that person like i said last episode it's different than dating someone (laughs) and seeing them and seeing what could be versus actually living with them with all of the flaws they've been hiding from you and he what did she say uh she said it so elegantly he had conjured up in his wandering mind this story for us but he also looked at me like i was a mystery he would do anything to solve and that was something that was i think for her real and new and honest And it's that draw that pulled her to him. And as she says, I loved him. But now I can no longer even look back at that time and know if it was true. So she's in the worst kind of conundrum. So there is a little bit of of true loathing for the man that was and even parts of the man that still exists within i love how she said he was not dawn or day or dust he was all of them combined it was just so beautiful the way she explained her love for him but it felt very much the love of a mother to a child and i think when it evolved into something a little bit further I think that's when things got unfortunately less uh less what's the word I'm looking for pure 
<laughs> between them because he became the emperor that we know him to be as she said in season one do we always choose this yes you always choose this there is something about you that is insidiously not good <laughs> um, that chooses violence anyway the empathy that she saw in that child and the all the great things that you see when you're looking at dawn have vanished by the time he grows into the man on that throne and this is of course her way of telling them both rue and dust that what i do i do with the full understanding of the emotional impact on both myself and you and she did look at rue and she is fully aware that dusk is in love with her and that she also is in love with dusk and that's something that she can't even have under the uh imprisonment that she's under like you even have that little small thing and it's almost like a reversal too because that was cleon's whole deal like i am going to be stuck here and i cannot escape this i don't wish for you to either so i'm going to make a gilded cage for both of us rue offers the marriage as a way out and of course she says she wants that too but she was never going to allow the marriage to go forth like she does want when she says she wants a way out she wants for this to end but her program will not allow her to do anything that will jeopardize the empire and then they said well maybe we can reprogram you and she says no i will kill you before you even try <laughs> so all bets are off the table there rue offers the marriage as a way out uh, as stated earlier but that's when she drops the bomb that the marriage was never going to go forth with dusk immediately realizing when she says desperate measures uh, had to be done to achieve her tasks she of course hired the blind angels which i think a lot of us were already calling we just couldn't figure out why did she truly want to push him in a direction she did just not in the direction we thought that was leading to her own liberation she was doing as she has always done and now we get to see the full extent of what that means it was of course to frame queen sarah for the assassination attempt which was her plan all along I did ponder why did it take so long to play that card because when she showed up that was the initial response that even dust said well they asked or one i can't remember the interchange of who said what but oh no it'd be more easier for her to kill you after the marriage to be beneficial to her but then i thought she probably wanted queen seraph which she did to play her hand and reveal to him that she knows that he killed her family so that there's a raw hatred between the two well i don't know what the fuck <laughs> be going on <laughs> in day's head but she definitely would have more of a motive 
to not even go through with the marriage. So that actually made sense. While she's explaining this to Dust, Queen Seraph is in the garden picking an apple. I don't know if there's any reference to that. It didn't even really look like an apple, but that's the first one that came to my mind. And we're all talking about creation myths and biblical shit. And so here we have it. She's arrested by Mark Lee, who's been a double agent this entire time, which was my understanding from that. I'm sorry. I do like the show and not tell. I do like that. I don't need for him to be like, well, I was doing this, that and the other thing. And I need a scene between him and Demerzel to know. It's like, no, we got it. It's here. The I'm sorry. You thought you had me. You didn't have me. Or at least if you did have me, don't got me no more. (laughs) And I planted some evidence on you due to my access to you. And you were using me for your access to what I could do. Yeah, both of those things all add up nicely. And knowing that Demerzel knows who makes what trips to the Percipium, even if Dawn and Dust didn't pick up on what she was doing, Demerzel sure as shit did. Rue was trying to find ways to save their lives during this monologue but dust knew the minute they walked in this chamber and found out they were dead i knew the minute demerzel walked into the room while casually it's like oh shit she got i'm about to murder you on her face rue tries to run and man you could hear the bones breaking in her arm as she snatched it oh no i know to her credit, she didn't plead for her life. She knows what it is. She knows what the game be. Demerzel then asks, does Dawn know anything about this chamber? Dust says, no, you can even audit his memory. And then she says, well, what would I find out about his terrace with Sarath? What will I find out about his visit to the Percipium? So to me, that meant she has a vague notion of what's going on, but not all the explicit details. Meaning she doesn't know Dawn has been riding raw or that he is aware of the memory audits or the green mark of betrayal that does taught him about. And those things are very important to why she would not have put the pieces together in regards to what that green mark on her neck actually signified. So I, it's again, this is little things that are there that explain it, but it's very much, you have to critical think around <laughs> a, a lot of some of it that may seem a little, um, little far-fetched or deceptive in their initial showing. That's important too, because it's the moment that, dusk knows that she's going to kill him and his primary concern is to protect dawn so he approaches in a way only his visage can to say he forgives her but is only sending a warning to his brother that's interesting as well because he says i love you i forgive you when she brings up that memory of him as a child how he looked up at the star 
or at the sun and it was like he you were showing me something only me and you could ever do and he said i loved you not i love you i loved you and then he turns and he actually hugs rue which is his way of saying i love you maybe i'm reading too much into that but i like how that played out that the loyalty between the brothers actually might be stronger than their loyalty to Demrazel. that at least they can choose to love each other because they sure as shit did not choose to love dawn this season even though he was like a son to him last season and very much was um ready to burn the shit to the ground when he lost him which is how he lost his own life so that extent of love between the brothers i think may be a component that can be uh maybe further explored in season three but i do like his words of none of us were free we were fools to think we could be and i think that's also something like i said that he was saying to her but really saying to rue as well it's also riley depressive as it's the exact sentiments of Cleon the first. Like I was saying earlier, I cannot be free and I will not allow your freedom. So we shall be chained together evermore. Sharing a rather twisted, emphasized love now played out with our half men. Leaving that chamber, the cognitive dissonance is real for Demrazel. I hate it here. Oh, but it gets worse. Outside Terminus, Day is enjoying the destruction I'm at the oh, oh, oh. Lee Pace's final performance as Day here was so true to the character that's been built all season and the way he plays him especially when he's fully off his leash it was glorious he tells brother constant to be a man and tell him the other seven planets they have converted with their religion suena being added in for good measure he's told to jump and bel rios is like okay what's the coordinates and he orders him to jump to thespis first because he intends to do the same thing he just did to all of these planets I'll fucking do it again. Now I get Day saying, hey, we need to stomp out the rest of the Foundation dissidents. We need to root out the cancer before it metastasized. All of that felt like a rational thing to do. But I don't know, maybe investigate? Maybe, you know, go after the people that are involved and not an entire planet? And just genocide out of nowhere, not even have a conversation to say, you know, just to confirm. <laughs> Retcon like it did last time. It's clear it's simply for spite, since for all intents and purposes, the foundation, as Bel Rio says, is gone. I committed this atrocity so that we can avoid other atrocities. And here you are thinking that it's okay to drop nukes on six, possibly seven planets or seven, possibly eight planets that 
maybe have taken some foundation merchandise. So he doesn't listen to him when he tells him this will be the moral ruin of the empire. And that's why Demerzel chose him. He will follow orders, but not the wrong ones. They straight up slapped this grown ass man who just had to drop a ship on his husband in front of everyone. Oh, hell no. Kick his ass, sea bass. It was bad enough he said, you did what I said because I ordered you to do it. Now you just gonna bitch slap me and then tell me to do as I'm told? I don't think so. The answer's no. He tells him he's relieved of duty like he gives a fuck. (laughs) And offers for him to to punch him in the face but he refuses to stoop down to his base level because he's still a commander like no i'm gonna be buried with my stripes i'm not gonna be dishonorably discharged like if there was a time to absolutely utterly whoop your ass i picked the right moment and i waited (laughs) so he takes over command and orders she who bends light to launch a jump sequence to Thespis, which he says, sure, no problem, boss. Something that kind of shocks Bel Rios until they realize something is wrong with the jump sequence. And the way she was smiling and looking all types of smug. I'm about to end this man's whole career. She reveals, yeah, I launched a, a, a sequence. It's just that every jump will now jump into every other ship directly into the other so we all about to die and did you see how many ships was out there it's also locked down all ships so nobody is getting off this bitch it's a small price to pay for the freedom of her people I love in the end, Day was surrounded by people that absolutely hated his guts. (laughs) Of course, Hober knew this all along. His capture being a ruse to get aboard the ship and to a spacer. Hence, mother came to say goodbye to her daughter. And while yes, there were some indication he might, you know, not have known what was going on because i was thinking that would have played better if he did not know what was happening but he was just over there going i got a secret i got a secret (laughs) and thus when you really think about it of course you see how big that shit is on his arm unless he was unconscious something else happened that we didn't see clearly something else happened that we didn't see because there's a fucking whole thing in his arm that we don't know nothing about and ain't nobody mentioned and him playing the part of i don't know what that is up until the moment he was back on the ship was i think not a deception more so a play of hand because we knew we knew that there was something more there we just didn't know what it was and that in my opinion is what the books do a lot 
and I'm not really sure how we get here but then it all makes sense it's like oh 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 okay we didn't know about this that and the other thing so I'm okay with that Uh, I don't think I think after the first second or so it was out of the realm of expected what was unexpected I would say was the delayed reaction (laughs) from day because it wasn't immediate rage when he found out it was mild incomprehension like why would you do that how could this happen to me i made my mistakes got nowhere to run the night goes on as i'm fading away i'm sick of this life i just I would have just expected him to be barking orders like I'm the man up in this piece You'll never see the light of day Who the fuck you think you fucking with I'm the police I run shit here You just live here King Kong ain't got shit on me But then I get the satisfaction Of Hober instead of Instead Instead Which 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 pronunciation would you like to go with in lieu of Harry to gloat? Yeah, while you was over there nutting in your pants about the loss of Terminus, just know Selden knew that he could bait you into war, knew you would show up with your entire fucking fleet like an idiot because you gotta overcompensate for the small dick you got. And since you're so fucking predictable congratulations you played yourself constant said you could have told a person the fact that they were joking about it in front of his face is the moment he snapped (laughs) he also did add in there you could have listened to your general he had figured it out but you never listened to him so hitting hober in the face felt justified in that moment for day and While Constance's punch was also something I felt she earned, it's clear this man has gone mad. (laughs) Delirium at his inevitable conclusion and and probably the realization that his uh, victory is in fact a defeat as his entire fleet is being destroyed. I don't even know what them guards thought their fates are sealed. So when he told them they are not needed, when he and Bell started tussling, they were more than happy to stand down, even though they still needed to be convinced later on. I don't know if I was just told that I'm in my last moments. I'm like, bro, you on your own, your own, your own. I know military. They don't just break down until the emperor's dead. They'll serve until He's still breathing, but still. (laughs) I might have been on the phone calling my mama. Uh, They spitting blood in Belle's face after taking punches to, to said face, saying, I fucking love it. Stop it. Get some help. You just know there's going to be some homoerotic fanfic. I might have to check that out. Um... (laughs) 
<laughs> it made sense though. He's he's in that animalistic instinct manner of his personality. His physical prowess is probably the only thing that he can claim as something that is a skill set. Like he was able to fight off the blind angels. He's able to kick his general's ass, even though his general has been looking down on him. And this is a man who's also defied him. He's probably been wanting to kill him for 15 fucking years and never got over the fact that he was convinced otherwise. (laughs) As well as not kill the husband. And so, yeah, this is every bit of a dick waving contest that you can get when it comes today this is just who he is when all of the uh when all of the panache is stripped away it's over for him though because just as he thinks he wins the fight knocking his nemesis out of the airlock the castling device plays its role because he dropped it into day's robes when he was kicking his ass so day is now hurtling toward his death with the planet he just destroyed his legacy behind him i thought it was a fitting a fitting end for the monster that he was that his uh that his ankles were showing (laughs) in those shorts was visually appealing for absolutely no reason it is uh the the vicious volatile rain i think that he tends to be is uh now at an end in a certain manner he tells the soldiers Belrios, that is, that they can make peace or shoot him. So they do the obvious. Let me go make peace. (laughs) I don't know. I would still be looking for a way off. Just because you said ain't no way off. Don't mean it ain't a way off. Hober apologizes for the gambit and the loss of his crew. But he knows his crew can count. And the loss of a thousand versus billions of lives is something they are willing to die for. Even though they mysteriously disappear from the screen and that's fine (laughs) i would want to be huddled somewhere if i was thinking though if i'm a spacer okay i guess once you fold space you can't on something they were explaining uh but he explains everyone doesn't in fact have to die one person can make it off and i love that he didn't even consider himself he's also rocking lee pace's outfit better than him still covered in blood don't even need a towel back to that roaming gladiator type of thing vibe that he got going on (laughs) he's actual in the literal literal robes of the emperor having finally avenged his tormentor in trantor don sees seraph being escorted away and asks demrazel what the hell is going on she tells him she's been arrested because we have irrefutable evidence 
that Sarah tried to kill Day. She hired the blind angels. We got the money in her account. We got the financial transactions. We got everything we need. We got DNA evidence. So there will be no wedding with Day to decide her fate when he gets back. Which, if anyone knows, Day would be death. <laughs> what does she say? There will be no future empress or heir whose line is mar- marred with ill intent. So, yeah. Um... She knew damn well that if the marriage was to go through, that she would try to kill Emperor. So it wasn't even just, oh, I can just let this marriage go through and maybe it can lead to my freedom. Ultimately, she's going to try to kill Day and the rest of the genetic dynasty if I let her. Dawn tries to flex being in charge, but Demerzel pretty much calls him out on conflict of interest. (laughs) (laughs) can you be impartial because your dick says you can't so he's likely to or she's likely to throw that in day's face meaning that he probably will have dawn killed as well you see how her mind works two birds one stone (laughs) but he sees the green mark on her neck i don't know if we needed to hammer that home but some folks tell me that you do because <laughs> like, when did that happen and knows not only is dust dead dawn knows but that demerzel killed him and i think that the initial scene would be like oh she's just a betrayer but no he knew she was he was dead because <laughs> this is something after he died he's the only one that would have made the mark on her as well However, she sees it in the mirror, but doesn't think too much about it because why would she put that together? Something that was an intimate moment between those two. Back on the ship, Bel Rio shows them to a cleaning module unit that will only have air for a day with the hope that someone will find it. Of course, Constant must go. She is not only the true believer, not once did she break or show disappointment in Selden's plan, accepting her fate even in death, and thus she needs to give birth to the next superstar of the foundation. I refuse to believe that their son will be the meal. I, I, I'm just not, I'm not going to, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to jump on that until it is made explicit. This will be a child of hope. They share a touching goodbye with him still in the dark about her true name. He's like, is it hope? Wouldn't that be something? But it's not. That only also reemphasizes her commitment to her religion. And there's a lot of admiration for that. I know I am not the, okay, religious at all, but I do have uh, an admiration for those that believe in their convictions, especially when they don't mean harm says the people dying and all those other shit hey those spaces knew what they were doing at that point they just committed genocide in their their eyes now how about that wine i was beginning to realize the subversion when constant got rescued that the line of piercing the side was in fact the indication that it was in fact hover that was going to die because it's not the same as striking a death blow 
Back on Trantor, there's secret passageways because of course there are. Dawn uses one to enter Sarah's room where she is kept under guard by two men. Dawn is able to take one out but is blasted. Good thing he has his aura. Seraph picks up the knife and finishes the job with the two escaping. Dawn has a plan for them to get away without being noticed. Thought this was a cool scene just for these young people to fight literally for their freedom in this moment. It's not expressive enough, I think, how young Dawn really is at this point. He should be around 18, 19 years old at the most. 20 I still stick to about 19 and you know they're they're very much (laughs) under the control of much more experienced adults around them but they were able and managed to put a lot of things together and took a lot of note from their their mentors and now with that information they have to make their own their own uh, gambit to escape the palace bel rios back in space tells hober he and glaywin were always doomed empire was never going to let them live but at least he died with honor and he gets to die with honor and they try to maintain their loyalty it's a ship instead of a prison colony and he says at least i got to shove day out of an airlock so they toast and hober's toast was bad (laughs) so he goes i got a better one here's to those who fight and ask why the wine tastes like shit and i think that's very appropriate he's like i don't think you corked it right And they're trying to keep up the banter as death gets closer and closer and closer. And that dread starts to hit the pit of your stomach and the fear creeps in. Belrios, in his last moment, does a selfless act by trying to calm the person next to him by saying, well, what was that hideous monster creature in your ship? Uh, you mean Becky? <laughs> yeah. This tastes like Becky's arsehole and they toast to Becky's arsehole. Sad to see both of them go. I wasn't raw in my emotions because I think that they both played the parts they needed to play and it was an appropriate end for them. I didn't feel cheated, even though I would have loved to have them both much longer. Meanwhile, back on Trantor, Demrazel is getting the full extent report card on how much they have actually been fucked over by harry selden (laughs) who said and i need to go back and watch that scene because i need to see how many times he looked over at dimmerzel if there's a war you will lose and by the way she clutching that damn crystal inside she's a mess i would be shook of too that was the whole entire fleet they don't have the spacers. They can no longer travel and fold space and time and get to one place and another place. They don't got no information on whisper ships. <laughs> Wait, maybe the scientists did come back with a nope, because she took a shuttle pod. They did too. So...
not only that it's the first time that a an emperor has been murdered basically he went out he never even leaves right because day always stays behind so a sitting emperor has been murdered in an act of war against foundation man again the publicity sells itself we all need a moment of silence because a lot of people did just die and the last thing she did say to her son was that he ain't shit then her bad day snowballs into a nightmare of epic proportions when she sees an announcement from dawn and seraph announcing day's death and their imminent engagement she says um no do not get them off the stage i want you to have them brought to my quarters because i need to murder them quietly (laughs) not have them arrested in front of everyone but before the order can be carried out nimrazel realizes that it's a ruse that their servants are using facial scramblers asking the question then where the fuck are they before they find out don he, he he calls in hello it's me don says i know you killed dusk poor sarah found out about rue at the same time like uh where's rue well if he was a dusty she's dead she wonders if he uh she killed day when she says no but your actions are forcing my hand don brings up what we have all been thinking of which is well is there no flexibility room for interpretation (laughs) because her programming says i need to hunt you down and bring your ass back here will actually just kill you and i feel like Demerzel really hasn't considered that question fully and in this moment she does kind of have to confront it a bit right because he tries to drop the well if you if you come after us that's going to turn the people against empire and that's not going to be good for empire right because they're they're kind of on our side as far as they've created an attachment to us she says oh i'll just decant another dawn and eventually the people will forget you it's also presented that she drove them away and her actions could only make her look worse they could have also just dropped the bombshell of you're a robot and let everybody know that shit because i keep thinking that's something that would certainly have cause for her to be removed but then again I think that the her programming i don't know i don't know that, that's just that's another thing i just kept thinking about they know they know exactly the nature of your reality <laughs> and you are one against many that's when seraph drops her bombshell not only are they a love story that's compelling but there is a naturally conceived air between them something dawn finds out in that moment you are the father dimrazel is definitely shooketh trying to compute what this could possibly mean 
saying this air is merely a cluster of cells dividing which is basically it's not a fetus it's not a person yet too much can go wrong the child could survive but also could be weak or an unfit ruler but she knows that there's hope in that revelation which in my opinion is why she's going through the worst case scenarios like well this isn't a person i don't have to consider this empire i don't have to change my uh primary objective to include this additional thing or person but it's almost like she's doing the math on (laughs) on what this could also possibly lead to he replies dawn he doesn't have to lead he just has to be loved she did just find out she was about to be a grandma so all of this is just too much for demerzel to really handle (laughs) because she she killed she killed dusk i was already messing her all the way up because whatever that love is it may be tainted it's still emotionally psychologically traumatizing to her and then she finds out day is gone so that's someone else she just lost and here is the last of the person that she actually raised right because when she decants them she don't she doesn't have that interpersonal relationship with them as she did with actually raising these clones and i am curious about that um if she's gonna raise another one or if something's going to happen where that doesn't end up being something she has to do going forward if she can just decant to sever that emotional tie that will ultimately end up devastating her more so but uh there's also the fact that he says that you were good to me you know i know that your feelings are hard to ascertain sometimes but i believe deep down you would have loved me as a child regardless of your directive and i want you to be happy as i am and this is my one little slight my one little slight dawn has no idea of the conversation that she had with dusk and thus he should not be any bit of aware of her emotional turmoil in regards to um knowing what she feels those things have not been expressed to him so i thought that he was speaking from a place that they had not been to and i know that's probably not where most people thought my uh objection would be at but that was my only minor thing i'm like you you don't you were a little in the dark about (laughs) um kind of the true state of demerzel's nature like you knew she was must have someone was messing with their memories you knew up to a point but you definitely would not have been emotionally aware of where she was at 
to even be able to talk to her on this level other than I want you to be happy and the whole bit about you're like a mother to me you're the only mother I've ever known like that's real but the part about the feelings and ask that was the part where it took me out of it but the music it was still a great scene Seraph comforting him it was perfect I I loved everything about the scene and the emotions all the characters really brought into it because even Seraph telling him you know you're going to be a father and uh I'm wondering when she took that pregnancy test but (laughs) it's neither here nor there and even her coming in with you know they're trying to because they're both trying to reason with her and they they don't even have any vindictiveness <laughs> you know when they all step back from it, it you know even if she wanted to be angry with her for still being taking out her family what's happening in that palace is so fucked up in itself she's definitely in a prison and there's no satisfaction or happiness in her life so (laughs) um whatever pain i'm causing i get to to die and move on you still gonna be here and you already been going through some shit so demerzel allows them to leave but i suppose it is still out there on the table that she can still go and hunt them down i'm sure that's going to be a huge part of the conspiracy theories but I do think that there was a certain, fin- not finality, but there was just something about that scene that grabbed me that if there was anything that was going to, because you think about everything that happened up until that moment of them and Dawn getting away, doing the one thing. And even Dusk in the end was like, well, at least you'll be free. Like in the end, they all want to get away. And here she has Dawn finally getting that, finally getting love and possibly being able to olive branch away, away from this toxicity that Cleon created. Because it's not like only one empire rules all empires rise and all empires eventually fall and she has no fleet she cannot travel she has lost a an immense amount of power so it's also a bit of a personal failure because if your position is protect empire at all cost and the empire just got stabbed in the throat and is bleeding profusely you're gonna be in your feelings about it and then you have this hope in that moment so they are bound to Trantor if they manage to build another fleet it'll be behind because a faster paced foundation already established eight planets which we know so word is soon to spread of the vulnerability because once something is a thing all the son of a bitch is gonna come out the woodwork (laughs) like oh wait a minute you uh you're not quite as impenetrable as i thought you were 
she's going down on a sinking ship and the cohesion of the moment should not be left not all that at how complete Selden's <laughs> victory really was and we ain't even gotten to the other part Ignis on Ignis Josiah is over there sitting all by himself no god no god please no 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 Goya does a really good job of subverting expectations of making you think one thing is gonna happen that you know makes sense to happen but then finding a way to twist it everyone has been saying that Josiah equals tell him tell him equals the mule and he's like yeah you're half right Sauer is having fun entertaining the kids and he didn't know that he knew that people would be thinking that uh, while Harry is being cleaned up asking about how Gail's feeling she says she's at peace she surmises Tellum was hundreds of years old when he asked how old do you think she was having taken many souls before her that she could still feel rattling around in there she sees Josiah, Josiah and gets distracted by the flowers. Look at the flowers. Instead of hearing what he had to say, he tried to warn her. Like she, if you was listening, you would have caught that. But no, tell him ended up uh, taking him over. Notice she went for someone who was small. One of the smaller ones and one of the most vulnerable. He picks up a gun to kill Gale, but Salvar uses Raish's knife to take him out. Everyone is focused on the child who's dying naturally. And he confirms Tellum is not only weak, too weak in my opinion to jump into another person, but dying herself and terrified about it. But he's not. And then he's gone. I am glad we are not going to see the little boy turn into the mule. There, I'm sure, is going to be conspiracies that, well, the girl with the tattoos is right next to him. Maybe tell him jumped into him. One or her. One, that would be lazy writing. Just putting that out there. Two, <laughs> I think they were being pretty explicit in the dialogue that she's gone. She's gone. She's not going to be the mule. But they're putting the idea out there that people can survive for a long time. That's how they can survive. I always said at the beginning, tell them was a preview to what the mule can do. And I stand behind that as what the show intended. And that tells me that she's dead. She's gone. Her reign of terror has ended. I don't need to see her come back. I don't know why. Well, I do know why, because we as humans like to see patterns and put all of the puzzle pieces together. And when the puzzle pieces are missing pieces, well, then we get frustrated, especially when we spend a whole bunch of time on the puzzle. And when it's put together perfectly, we're satisfied. And when it's um, a hot ass mess, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this analogy. <laughs> 
it was it was making sense until I got to my last point. But we naturally want to merge things together. It's just us humans. But no, I think she's gone. She's I'm gonna say I think I'm pretty confident she's gone. And that she was still weak and could only take over because they didn't hear her. Right. Because Gail is pretty strong, very powerful. She would have heard him clearly. And we she talked about how you can bury someone deep down until they're completely unvoiced and no one can hear them. All of this type of stuff um, tells me that she was not strong enough to do any further damage. But because we were all focused on the child, we didn't realize Salver took the shot. She over there bleeding out. Gail begs her not to leave. Just when she restored her hope. But she finally calls her mom. Telling her this means that they aren't trapped. That the future isn't set in stone. And you can still get it back on the right course. Then she dies saying she has complete faith in. I don't know the plan. Her mom humanity don't matter. I was bawling my eyes out. They ask you how you are, you just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine, but you just can't get into it because they would never understand. I'm gonna miss Leah Harvey. Of course, there's other ways they can bring her back in the show, like flashbacks, but uh, she's still dead. <laughs> I didn't want that to happen, not even a little bit, not at all. Um, yeah, I was not, I was not okay. I was not okay. Both the actresses killed it in that scene. And the first time, of course, she calls her mom is when she's dying. Everything, everything about that uh, definitely put a knife to my gut and was um, slowing my glee over... (laughs) The Empire setbacks because we definitely did not go unscathed not at all and then harry's there to comfort gail because he knows in a way what she's going through they ended up uh giving her a viking funeral somewhat uh they they lay her on a funeral they i like the way they put her on the funeral pyre because it is part of what they already know um sitting like that so she is lit a fire in the palace of the old king. Harry's clearly concerned, but he admires her strength. Loss is something that continues to bind them. And I think their relationship is one of the strongest in the show for me, as far as just compatibility and an actual growth together because they were very much at odds they've been at odds they both lost Raish, but she feels it in a different manner than he does and then she loses her child and he lost his child and that's something that a parent should never have to really go through but in the way in which they died too they or 
he says Yana, but by default, his child sacrificed themselves for the person they thought was the greater good for humanity. Then we go back to Constant. And man, when we saw that vault, when I say we, I mean me, myself, and I in the sky. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Now, at first, I had so many feelings about this. I thought, okay, no. The people on the planet, they should be dead. They should be dead. They should be dead. What, did he beat me up, Scotty? How the hell? Did Polly get his ass up in the vault? How the hell did the daddy not bleed up from internal bleeding? Who's the surgeon around here? What kind of space medicine y'all got? But uh, those feelings quickly went away when I realized I don't give a Yes, those people on the planet would have been an equal amount of sacrifice for the people that were lost in the sky. Okay, I understand this. That critique stands. I just can't find it in my heart to care. I just lost Salvor. Seeing that vault, seeing Harry got everyone off the planet, that that was the plan, that we was just going to sacrifice Terminus. I was all on board with this. All on board, especially when he walked out all in black. I was like, look at him. Look at my daddy. Overall, it all makes sense, right? He did say you can get lost for days in this thing. We don't know how time works in this thing. It could produce food and water. There's no bathroom, so someone might need to put in some plumbing. (laughs) They didn't know. it, It wasn't like they didn't know the empire was coming. So I expected them to have some evacuation plan. So that was kind of like, okay, the people on the planet had to die. It's the end of Polly, the end of the dad, the end of Peter. <laughs> I never really got to know anyway. But most of the foundation would survive. How they would do that, I don't know. But we knew that Bot was a bad mamma jamma. That shit was a spaceship from season one. Okay. It was launched out and made its way to this planet all on its own. All right. And then they got there. So if you can tell me that the vault can make it happen, I will just believe you. It's some quantum magical shit on board. Don't have a problem with it. Ain't upset at all. Um, yeah, these things are, are uh, a small menial obstacles. <laughs> In my enjoyment of fully being happy that Connor, not Connor, Constant got to reunite with her parents. 
so that they can have a grandbaby and somebody can help her raise that child because I do not want to see her out there like Mary I don't need that to be happening and her faith was rewarded right very often faith is not uh so that idea that he would never have sacrificed the people of terminus but terminus itself did need to be sacrificed your home uh, but a home is always where the people are that you love the most and her just looking up and seeing how many people were actually saved also said it would be smarter to be space-based and look, they really are. It's just a vault. And then you can't see it look all badass in the sky. I'm here for it. <laughs> it can be turned. I was thinking about it last episode. Or did I mention some feedback to another show or something that it could be like the. um Oh, because, you know, I love the expanse, the behemoth. So, yeah, I I was just jumping up and down with joy even when Gladwin's ass popped up I was like oh yes <laughs> for all of the wrong reasons <laughs> but I also feel like his faith was rewarded in his own way you know he'd always wanted to go the progressive route he'd always wanted to get away from the empire and its influence um, but he was always loyal to his husband and his military and his honor uh, but by doing the right thing, he himself was saved by the exact same people that he sees has a future. <sighs> and I was just so happy Glavin survived. <laughs> that was that was absolute nutter fan service. And hey, sometimes it just is what it is. And I ain't gonna be mad at it. Shit, if I'm happy in the end. I am not going to be mad at it. I think it also works too on a bigger scale of showing just exactly how formidable Harry is without being the aggressor. Because in that whole entire thing, he really wasn't the aggressor. He was simply allowing the empire to, to strike. And he simply could not give him what he desired to give him. So in a lot of ways, he comes out looking like I was just trying to be a reasonable human being. <laughs> Back on Ignis, Gala is reading the Prime Radiant on the same spot where Salvor was playing, was fishing. Uh, caught her blue fish with Harry. She's trying to see if Salvor's death truly was not in vain. Harry tells her they will never know in the present if an individual's actions will have a consequential event downstream. Something she knows in her head, but her heart is still struggling with the loss. If her death didn't matter, life can be unbearable. Something he is able to impart to her. And I'm thinking once again, is this the reason why Harry was made mortal? To, able, to be able to take this journey in time with her because she would need him. And it was never really about preserving him at all. <laughs> or it could be twofold, as she later points out. He tells her they are trying to save humanity, but can't seem to save the lives of the ones they love the most. 
You take the pains and what ifs and weave them into a narrative that propels you forward. You're going to lose more people. We're going to lose more people along the way. But those losses matter if we make them matter. Yana sacrificed herself for Harry and he keeps going because Yana can't. She thought that what he was doing, who he was, was worth sacrificing for. And Salver did the exact same thing for Gail. And she asks, can the plan still work? The plan can still work. Do you really believe that? An infinite number of ways to arrive at the inevitable. Basically, there is no stopping the trajectory, even if we tried. Back at Trantor, Demerzel decants all three clones doing some serious memory auditing, or I should say editing because they don't have no memories. Well, maybe they do. I don't know, but it felt like she was definitely taking a lot of memories away. <laughs> like I need some dumbed down versions of you and they definitely seemed more pliable. And I know they can't remember their death, but yeah, she can effectively give them whatever memory she decides to let them have. So she really is keeping them all out of the loop. There is a little bit of unison between them. She tells them she has a powerful new tool that she can't fully understand, which is the prime radiant that she at some point ganked from day. But she can see that there are great things ahead for them. I think Demerzel is always going to be a wild card. I think that we can tangle ourselves up in pretzels trying to figure out. We know her end game. We know eventually what she wants to happen. But we also know what her directive demands. So that toss and turn, I think, is her beginning to take into, by even looking at the Prime Radiant, is her in my opinion, opening herself up to, okay, you offered me an olive branch. I'm going to take that olive branch. And he did say that he could teach her how to read it. So even what she's reading is not exactly something he's teaching her. So she might be uh, ascertaining things that she doesn't fully understand. But I like that's where we left her. What's next on Ignis? Gail is going to become the sleeper goddess. Something Sauber was worried about. And she does not really want to go into cryo sleep for another 150 years. Wake it up every year until Harry is dead. Because he decides he's going to stay behind and shape the second foundation. Teaching the mentalics to hone their skills as well as psychohistory. And I even thought that's a little much of you Harry because you don't know their skills to be able to teach them to hone them but sure uh <laughs> he does tell her that the second you forget you're playing a part you're lost and that was me side eye and the prophet over there in the vault I'm watching you motherfucker Gail refused to refuses to lose the only family she has left which all she won't wake up every year and then see that he's a memory 
They don't even have to go to sleep now. They can go in a year's time to actually teach the mentalics. And then we can both go into sleep mode because there's two pods on the beggar. And she points out that maybe one day she'll be able to defeat the mule. But A, she can't do it alone. It's too much for one person. Harry, it was too much for you. Maybe this is what ends up saving him that interpersonal relationship whereas the prophet on the other hand and that's the b point she brings up if after that crisis there's another version of you out there that could cause another one you're you're probably the best person to be around for that i love that she told him the same thing that she told Raish when they were going into the sleeping pods and that they made a tradition out of it thought that was amazing <laughs> for no reason and then him being uncomfortable and uh you know him he still has the chain from his daughter and that's so sweet too because she started off with let me in let me in and he finally did and she she literally was let completely into everything that he is as a person her being uh, a mentalic so i thought that was very narratively appeasing uh, and even this scene of her thinking about race and the love she had for him and how he still is the bond that brought them together and that has kept them together all of that's just romantically beautiful and I still am just not going to think that that ta- I think the tattoo girl, the reason why they pointed her out, because she's going to be in the future and we're going to need to know who this person is, the way they u- utilize Polly. That's just my guess. Then we end the show with sometime and whenever the mule in some dank, dark uh, looks to be very mildewy and wet in there. I'm not sure if he even has clothes on. <laughs> We see his um his gear in front of him. He says, Gail has visited him a thousand times in his dream. And now she's here in their time with a knife at his throat. He has to find her and destroy her before she comes for him and burn everything in that endeavor. And is willing to burn everything in that endeavor. My question is, why are you mad? Which got me thinking, because when you mess with the future, you have a tendency to create what you think that you're avoiding like by taking the actions you're actually manifesting the future the same way Hober Mallow became Hober Mallow is because someone from the future went into the past and told them some information that changed things so with the mule is it something where he's just been always given this destiny this forbidden foreboding destiny of being the the uh antis what's the word I'm t- not the antichrist <laughs> the antithesis to gail uh that she essentially makes him part of the crisis makes him the thing in the future but he could just be a part of that uh so there there's so much to interpret there that is really fascinating it has me so excited for season three 
It hasn't been announced, but I think that they're waiting for the strike stuff to be over, which is fair. I at first was very skeptical in season one when Goyer said he wanted to make eight seasons of the show. And then he started talking about spinoffs. And I was like, ah, season one was good, but I can see how far reaching it can go. And it doesn't feel like eight seasons is um, that feels like too much, maybe three or four. But now I'm like, oh, Give me all eight seasons. There's so much. We haven't even touched on who the fuck Callie is. She showed up one time, rocked the game, and we ain't never seen her again. Put up the deuces and has been away. And I haven't listened to any of the podcasts with the official podcasts. A lot I need to catch up on before we get into the wrap up podcast that we'll be talking about. Um, so I'll be bringing in some of the criticisms. I'll be bringing in the praises and some of the things the showrunner has to say. Uh, like I said, I, I did the live stream with Pete, but I came in later. So I didn't even hear the first half of their bulk of their conversation because I've been trying not to um, hear other people's thoughts too much. So they don't influence too much of my own. But... Yeah, I'll be really curious to hear what Goyer has to say for what he wants to do going forward that I haven't heard already because, man, the idea, I've I've got it rumbling in my mind, another robot faction. And I think that that is very much within the realm of possibilities because it was pretty much said by Demerzel, like, hey, small ones hit in small places, big ones hit in big places. And those machines on that planet are still working and I would consider them big and I would consider Calais small and she was in a crevice in a rock. So um, I think that there's going to be a possible even a resurgence there could be of uh, the robot wars. Just because the thing is over or you think that they've been taken out doesn't mean that they've been taken out or maybe just the ones that wanted to kill everybody has been taken out i still haven't gotten to the end of the books but i don't like i don't even know if i want to read anymore because i don't want it to cloud that was the great thing about the expanse they were so parallel it didn't but i don't want to cloud too much but i'm also really anxious to get to the next thing so i'm going to be depends on how long I gotta wait for this hiatus because it might be two years and I don't think I'm fucking gonna wait two years to read those (laughs) finish the series so I'll be curious to know how it ends and I might just start doing the foundation books um because now I'm like way I'm towards the end of foundation I know there's like four more other books out there and like some prequels so um yeah I think that this world doesn't need to be confined and they've already been so successful with this genetic dynasty, the way they've even incorporated Demerzel. I've even brought that up on my spoiler section that she's kind of gone after <laughs> the prequels. Um, and uh, you get, you get more of that character consistency And you get the complexity that is the genetic dynasty and all the fun you can just have with that. And that is where I'm going to leave it. 
once again, we will be doing a wrap up podcast uh, next Saturday at 7 p.m. with Mimi and Shy. If you want to send feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below. I'll also be posting a poll to my Twitter. Expect that out by the end of the week. All my socials will be below. I might have said it, but I'll say it again. Like, share, subscribe. Leave a review down on iTunes. That helps the podcast. Good feedback, good critique. The good, bad, and ugly, I'll take it. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. Hustling, 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 hustling